0: We are building up quite the following, I must say, on the analytics.
1: I'm just a greatest demigod guy.
0: If the people want me to run for president, I will. Absolute banter. Is that is that Savile I see on the horizon? I, I enjoy the roleplay. You gonna have a steak beer. The one that's actually blowing my mind is Hitler. And then
1: there's another voice that just goes blah 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 blah. And he sits down on his rocking chair, fire roaring, slice of Billy Bear meat, freshly carved. And he listens to the Gravy Brain podcast. Oh, I've just had a fucking beautiful thought and I'm just trying to articulate it in my brain before I lose it. Gravy brain. Gravy brain. Gravy brain. (laughs) I fucking love gravy brain. Gravy
0: brain.
2: Gravy brain. Gravy brain. brain. Oh, it's fucking gravy brain.
1: Hello and welcome to the Gravy Brain Podcast. My name is James. And I'm Freddie. Excellent. See, you know, single take, nice nice and easy. Oh, what more could you want? Podcasting perfection.
0: Episode I, four, we'd expect nothing less. I am fine, thank you. I'm, actually, I'm more than fine. I am quite dandy.
1: Quite dandy? Ooh. Oh, that's really... Uh, that's a high bar. That's a high bar.
0: Absolutely. Well, it's, it's spring, isn't it? There's blossom on the trees, and there's some sun in the sky, even though it has been raining the last few days. But there's some sun in the sky, and there is always the grounds—just grounds to be positive and optimistic. How, how's your week been?
1: Um, maybe not as dandy. You know, I got we uh, got a new mattress yesterday. Oh. Yeah, so I'm a memory foam boy now. Memory foam—that—that that is the ultimate foam. That—that that is the ultimate foam. So it's—it's very—it's uh, actually quite unusual compared to your, your bog standard springs and that. Um, but hopefully, it means it, I won't break it, you know, because obviously, uh, I'm a hefty gentleman.
0: <laughs> no, am i am I'm not. I'm sure memory foam is. More than well-equipped to deal with the hefty gentleman.
1: More than a match for my tremendous bulk.
0: Um, so is it? Is the phone remembering you already?
1: Yeah, yeah. I uh, I said hello to it this morning and remembered my name, so it's... Um,
0: always good.
1: Always good to say a little dad joke there just to, just to start you off, just to break <laughs> you in easy, Break <laughs> you in easy. It so, begins. So, Freddie, I would like, I'm desperately in need of, a feel-good story this week.
0: Well, the feel-good story is coming right up, but firstly, I just want to shout out to our American listeners from the United States of America. Unbelievable news this week that we have a fan base on another continent. How does that make you feel?
1: Oh, that's, uh, you know, global outreach. You know, we're all about that, you know, worldwide community. Do we know what state they're in?
0: Well, we don't, but... You know, if if our listeners across the pond want to get in touch, gravybrainboys at gmail.com is the place to find us. We'd love to know what state you're from so we can insert some topical American chat as well to go with our British.
1: I like, I like to imagine that a, a rugged-looking gentleman has just come in in a blizzard in Alaska. He's carrying a bear carcass over his shoulders. <laughs> He collapses down into his rocking chair, and he just turns the dial on the radio, and it's Gravy Brain Podcast coming out of
0: it. <laughs> Poetic. And I, I would say, if you have got a story about k- killing a bear and <laughs> <laughs> returning triumphantly home to listen to this podcast, we want to hear it, as I say. Email us. i tell, and... tell you what,
1: Freddie, if you, do, if you do get attacked by a bear, never climb a
0: tree. Never climb a tree. Yeah,
1: because bears can climb
0: trees. Fair enough. I thought you. For some reason, I thought you're going down like a Dalek kind of, you know, just the opposite well, of Daleks. You know, if you go high,
2: either.
1: that wouldn't work either because Daleks can fly.
0: Oh, they retconned that.
1: But, uh, oh, we- but we're not allowed to talk about Doctor Who because of the the news at the moment, where former cast members turn out to be bastards. So, um,
0: okay, right, well. That's the cue to get into the feel-good story. Here's a jingle about feeling good. I'm feeling good about this jingle. Okay. Feel-good story. This is fresh. This is hot off the press. The ink is still wet. 2021. The ink is still wet on the survey. A survey? Ooh. This comes from goodnewsnetwork.org, our friends at the Good News Network. We've binned BBC this week because... Last week, their story about grazing deer was not quite uh, as feel-good as we want this story to be. So, the headline: seventy-two percent of Brits feel more content as they finally stop worrying about what people think of them in their forties. Okay,
1: so so why do people care what they think of? Why is why is forties a specific?
0: Like, I need more explanation, Freddie. Well, James, I'm going to read you the article. You're going to wish you never said that. Self-conscious Brits finally stopped worrying about what other people think of them at the age of 46, according to a new poll. you always got to be wary of these polls, but it's happened. A survey of 2,000 adults aged 55 and over found they feel comfortable in their own skin when they turn 42 and become content in their careers aged 40. As a result of feeling uncomfortable in their own skin and unapologetically themselves quotation marks 72 percent of adults feel more content in life victoria betts alarm bells here we come from shoebrandhotter.com which commissioned the one poll survey said feeling comfort is crucial to being happy in life but there are so many different areas in life to feel comfortable in and it's no wonder it takes brits until their 40s to tick them all off Our results found nearly 7 in 10 adults think it's important that people should be allowed to be unapologetically themselves. But for many, the desire to fit in, not make waves and go with the flow means they don't have the confidence to do this until later in life. A couple of stats for you. One in three adults believe becoming a parent was key to them feeling more comfortable in themselves. And a quarter put it down to learning to drive. Shout out, me passing my driving test in November.
1: Shout out me not being able to drive,
0: yeah. Shout out, the th- we're going to try and convince you in this uh, <laughs> by the end of this article. Continuing, being more comfortable in their own skin made, made things easier. Like speaking in front of a crowd made that easier for 28% of respondents. And 39% of respondents no longer dread meeting new people and fumbling for ways to make themselves sound interesting. Good old shoe survey. Some of the people surveyed said they'd love to encourage their past selves to embrace all of life's challenges and learn to take lessons from the hard parts as well as the good. Now, James, the article ends with a list of 10 top 10 situations in life that help Brits feel more comfortable in their own skin. Okay. Care to try and name a few?
1: Okay, so like you mentioned having a kid.
0: Yep, that's number one.
1: Getting married.
0: Number two, shout out your future wedding.
1: Uh, Getting promoted at work. Oh, number nine. Um, Their football team winning a major tournament.
0: I'm sure that's number 11, but it's not on the list. Oh, fuck. Um, What about having
1: like a new brother or sister?
0: Uh, No? No. Okay. No, you're sc- you're scraping a barrel now, aren't you? I'll have one more. I'll have one more.
1: I'll have one more. How about learning to cook?
0: Oh, that is a great shout. But actually, that's probably the opposite of one of the ones that's on here. But um, has that made you feel more comfortable in your skin? You know, we've spoken about your creamy risotto that you you've managed to perfect over lockdown and such. Yeah, I
1: I, I enjoy. Uh, well, I enjoy cooking as long as it all gets eaten.
0: Oh, and what, yeah.
1: Yeah. If I give you a bowl of risotto, you better eat every fucking grain of rice, I'll tell you that.
0: Are you one of these people that takes it as a personal insult if the place is not finished?
1: Well, when I was growing up, I was not allowed to leave the dining room table until my plate was completely clean.
0: Yeah, I feel that.
1: So the fact that other people get to leave the dining room table before they've eaten all of their cauliflower, or similar. You know, that, that drives me up the fucking wall, that does.
0: I understand. I mean, for me, it was it was plate it had to be clean, but I'd try and be crafty. If there's something I really didn't want to eat, like swede, or like mashed up sweet potato, or something like that, uh, I'd like crush it into the smallest possible shape in the corner of the plate, so it looked predominantly clean, but there was just one tiny atom of food left so i I had to be constructive with getting away from the dinner table anyway so you you did name a couple there top 10 situations in life that help brits feel more comfortable in their own skin this is the end of the feel-good story number one as you said becoming a parent number two getting married number three retiring (laughs) just ending work (laughs) number four going traveling doesn't say where to i'm guessing pleasant places
1: milton keynes
0: Milton, yeah, has to be. (laughs) Number five, uh, as I said, learning to drive. Number six, getting on the housing ladder. I'm sure you got (laughs) something to say about that. Oh, Um, fuck off. (laughs) It'll make you feel more comfortable in your own skin. Number seven, becoming a grandparent feels like a bit of a cop-out. You could literally fill this with becoming an auntie or becoming a great-grandparent, but um, I don't know. Number eight, losing weight makes you feel more comfortable in your own skin, which I feel is a bit of a contradiction. Because surely being comfortable in your own skin, a prerequisite for that is being in your own, not trying to change your appearance. Is that yeah. fair?
1: Well, what if, you're, what if you're wearing someone else's skin? Then you want to change your appearance because that's not your own skin you're comfortable in.
0: Uh, okay. That's, that's too philosophical for too early in a podcast, I'd say. <laughs> <laughs> Number nine, as you said, getting a promotion. Number 10, helping you feel more comfortable in your own skin. Graduating from university or a course?
1: Oh, well, that's why I keep going back to university. I just want to keep on graduating forever.
0: You just want to keep feeling comfortable in your own skin. And who can blame you?
1: Saying that, though, is that, like, my uh, my graduation photos, I, um, I hate looking at them because I'm a fat piece of shit. <laughs> um, so I need to lose weight, one, before I get married, but two, before I graduate from uh, my current studies, Get good photos. A graduation photo that I don't like, want to vomit at every time I look
0: at it. I love that. I can't say I want to vomit at mine. I I quite like my picture, but it is noticeable uh, the kind of, as you put earlier, the hefty gentleman that I have become at the end of four years of university at the University of St. Andrews. So uh, lots of pizza does that to you, I suppose. And uh, yeah, it's motivation, isn't it, to get some good pictures out of it. But yeah, so that was the feel good story. James, whatever happens, whatever we do in the next 20 years, at least we're guaranteed by the age of 46 to feel content. Well, there's a 72% likelihood that we're going to feel content and not worry about what people think of them, yeah, think nice. of us. That's worth
1: a little bet. Worth a little bet, all right.
0: <laughs> Get down to the bookies.
1: Yeah, yeah. I wonder if they take that. Well, thank you for the feel good
0: story. Thank you very, very fucking much. What's next? Well, James, we've been looking 20 years in the future, and now it's time to go back in the past with Time Machine.
2: James and Freddy's Time Machine. Woo! Woo! Right, Freddy. We have
1: had... uh, We have had films. And we have had technology. I'm sure there was something else we've had. Oh, we had games as well. We had video games. And
0: games. Yes. There
1: we go. So (laughs) we're now going to have, you know, we're going to have actual people. (gasps) So I've chosen three great historical figures. All from, you know, the same sort of era in history. Okay. And you've got to tell me who was born first, who was born in the middle, and who was born last.
0: Okay, born, not died.
1: Not died, born. Very important. Okay. So, historical figure number one. We've all heard of him. It is, of course, Mr Adolf Hitler. (laughs) But, uh, okay. You may remember him from such works as World War Two. Yeah, I think I've seen that one. Seen that one? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, famous for his Charlie Chaplin moustache, of course.
0: He was, he was good um, at art as well.
1: Well, you know, if only he was good enough to get into art school. Um, anyway, <laughs> so next historical figure <laughs> is... Her Royal Highness Queen Elizabeth II. Ooh. who is, is of still alive. Uh, yeah.
0: Yes, very much so.
1: You may remember her from such works as being the reigning monarch of the United Kingdom of Great Britain and Northern Ireland.
0: Huge fan of that one. An immersive experience. Yes, yeah, you could say it's a you know
1: a life a life experience for us living in, in such a in such a domain. Absolutely. So, and of course, you know, quite different to Mr. Hitler in in many ways.
0: Um, yep, don't need to cover that.
1: And our final person is uh, Mr. JFK, John F. Kennedy. Oh,
0: how dare you. Okay, Former,
1: former President of the United States. Um, so I think oh. the link is that all three of these figures were... Heads of state for their respective nations. Okay. Um, yeah. So yes, JFK, uh, famous, of course, for having sex with Marilyn Monroe, and well done. Uh, and getting shot. Those are his main achievements. Or also <laughs> the moon landing, of course. Let's not forget that. Um, yep. Can you remember which dem- uh, which um, which party he was part of?
0: Well, you nearly said Democrat there, so I'll go for that. Yep,
1: that's right.
0: Smashed
1: it, smashed it. I was going to say which like Democratic party was part of, forgetting, of course, that the party is called the Democrats.
0: Shout um, out um, our yeah. USA listeners. Yeah. So, those are the three people. But
2: yeah,
1: can you tell me what order they were born in?
0: See, every week I start this segment feeling confident and then I announce my prediction and I get it completely wrong. Um, today is no exception. I feel fairly confident I can do this. Um, unfortunately, I don't have a great historical knowledge. Um, I, I know enough to know these people, but not their birthdays. So I'm not going to be giving you the exact <laughs> dates, which I'm sure would be really useful quiz knowledge um so hitler god this is gonna show me up so badly hitler started doing this thing in like the 30s right there was the depression in 29 the great depression um hitler started rising as a result of that this is now high school history coming to the fore um and for him to rise up he must have been like late 20s early 30s so and that's in the 30s so i'm guessing he's around. He must be born in the 1900s. Our Queen is not yet 100, but she's definitely in her 90s. She's had all the jubilees in recent years. And and uh, obviously, we had the passing of His Royal Highness, the P- Prince Philip, Duke of Edinburgh, uh, a week or so ago. And he was 99, right? So he hadn't made it to 100, and he was older than her. Queen must be at 91, 92. God, quick maths. So that's 30. So that, that's where you've, you're being tricky because that must be when JFK was as well. I'm guessing he was assassinated in the was 60s, wasn't it? Like 67 was he assassinated? And how old would a president be? He was definitely one of the youngest presidents ever. He wouldn't be in his 20s. Uh when was the Queen coron- coronated? Crowned. When was the... a <laughs> fifty God, this is so bad. James, what have you done to me? I know, I know. <laughs> this is meant to be a this is meant to be a quick run through and all I'm doing is like a quick run through of how little I know. Um, you know, I'm thinking that the Queen is actually born in the late twenties. Um She was made queen as a young person. So that could really be late 20s, like 28, 29. And JFK, I think he's older than that. Well, you know, born after that. Okay, right. I've I've got my guess. Sorry, that was so round of houses. That's good. What's your guess? Okay. Hitler, I'm going with 1902. Okay. And he's first. And then I'm going for Queen Lizzie. And I'm going to say 19... I'm going to say 1928. And then I'm going to have JFK 1933.
1: Okay, so... Hitler was born on the 20th of April, 1889. Sorry, what? Hitler was born on the 20th of April, 1889.
0: 1889?
1: Yes, the weed number as well, 420. (laughs) Okay. Okay. Followed by... JFK. No! Every week! Who was born on May 29th, 1917. What? Followed by Queen Elizabeth, who was born on the 21st of April, 1926. So the day after Weed Day. (laughs) So that's the thing. It's it's funny you said that JFK was one of the youngest presidents because he, he died in 1963. Right. Okay. But you have to be at least 35 to become president.
0: Really? Wow, so another way I've shown myself to be silly. So because you said he was born like... In 33.
1: Or 31, but, 33, then he wouldn't have been old enough.
0: Oh, James. <laughs> so then, oh, uh, I mean, the good news is, in terms of British history, I was pretty close to getting the Queen right.
1: Yeah, well, if you think of it in the context of this game, you beat Hitler, but you lost to JFK and the Queen.
0: Uh, did you intend for that to be so tricky, or do I amaze you in my lack of knowledge?
1: I, I thought the JFK bit was like tricky because because when you think JFK, you think moon landing, you think color photos, yeah, and everything. Whereas when you think of the of World War Two, you, you don't think of that. You think black and white blitz sort
0: of stuff, don't you? Yeah, sort I can th- the one that's actually blowing my mind is Hitler. Uh, I can I can see how I've got Kennedy wrong, but um, I can't I can't believe that Hitler was older when he kind of started his movement. I thought he was a younger man.
1: I mean, I've also just shown how little historical knowledge I you know because obviously I've been talking about moon landing, but that was in 1969. That was after JFK died. So what the fuck? <laughs> am <I talking> about? <laughs> Is it JFK who set up NASA or something? <laughs>
0: This is truly blind, bleeding the blind.
1: We are actually awful. <laughs> but, uh, oh no, hang on, wait a second, there we go. JFK looked for a project that would capture the public imagination. He asked Lyndon Johnson to make recommendations. So, yeah, JFK got the ball rolling in terms of getting oh. money out because it was part of a strategy during a cold war. Okay, I don't feel as bad then. So he wasn't present okay. when they actually did it. But he was present when he... had when the concept, he...
2: yeah.
1: Yeah, so Kennedy started the programme, Lyndon Johnson continued it as Kennedy had planned. Okay, I feel less bad now. So I wasn't entirely wrong. Um, there you go, you've
0: managed to bail yourself out, I'm proud of you. Oh, that
1: was close, that was close. <laughs> yeah. you, got, you remember, of course, that Hitler fought during World War One, so he'd already been... A, like a young 20-year-old in the war, in the Great War, the Veldkrieg. Um and then he rose to power. So he it already been a young man. Okay. So, yeah. So there you go. The time machine consumes another victim.
0: <laughs> and every week it's me. Some football. Every week it's you.
1: <laughs> well, you Let's get on to something
0: that I actually know about.
1: Freddy's Foreign Football Fight or flight. Well, it's time for Freddy's Football flight or f- uh, Fight or Flight. Bam. Um, so yeah, so this week, Freddy, we are looking to South America, specifically to the Peruvian Primera Division.
0: <sighs> I... I'm excited. This is somewhere that I'd probably go on holiday.
1: So, um, so before the match, I uh, decided I wanted a haircut.
0: A- another one? That, that soon.
1: Uh, well, I had to do something with that H that had been carved into my head from minute. Uh, yeah, fair enough. You can't.
0: You um, can't have Adrian Dunbar follow you around all the time.
1: No, absolutely not. So. Um, so I went for a haircut, and the guy—it was really nice—but he accidentally spilled a load of blonde hair dye on my hair. <sighs> um, so my hair is bleach blonde at the moment.
0: Wow, that's a good look.
1: So that is a good look. Um, so went to the went to the football stadium. Went in a, you know, you go to the bathroom as you do, and I'm sat in the cubicle, and I hear a conversation in the cubicle next to us. Ooh. So there's one voice going, listen to me, Michael. Listen. Listen to me now. You have to keep quiet. If you tell anyone what we're doing here, we're going to be fucked. And then there's another voice that just goes, blub, 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 It's like, no, Michael, no.
0: You must control yourself.
1: Blub, blub, blub. And I'm thinking, what on earth am I hearing? What on earth am it I hearing? It
0: sounds like Lenny Henry in Mars Singer.
1: So, uh, so I finish, in, I finish in the toilet, go out, wash my hands, and, um, I hear. Very it. hygienic. You've got to be hygienic. And I hear the cubicle that was next to mine open. And all I hear is, Dear God, he's found us. He's fucking found us. Michael, Michael, you have to get out of here. And I turn around, and who is it? It's Dominic Cummins and Michael Gove. Caught red-handed, and when they when they see me, when they see me, Michael lets out oh blue 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 blue, and Dominic comes and says, "Oh, with your blonde hair there for a moment, I thought you were Boris and that he found us." Carry on, (laughs) carry on. So they disappeared. I didn't see them for the rest of the time there. So I wonder if they're using Peru as their base of operations to take down uh, the current prime
0: minister Boris Johnson. Um, in- interesting theory I mean normally we know that Mr Cummings enjoys frequenting Barnard Castle uh, but I've, I didn't really know which way Michael Gove was inclined but Peru I can believe
1: so yeah so so that was the experience in the bathroom very very strange very strange but um, but yeah so you know got to watch out for that Cummings fella
0: I'm amazed that they didn't See your beard at any point?
1: Is that bleach well, blonde dyed as well? Well, remember when they opened the bathroom door, they could only see the back of my head.
0: And there's no mirror at, at the sink.
1: Uh, my my mane is so great that it blocked out. When I turned wow. around, obviously they could see it wasn't it wasn't Mister Johnson because of the beard and obviously a different face. But from yeah. the back, you know, my hair is quite messy, and with the blonde. And, you know, the the two of them both wear glasses as well. So, who knows? Who knows?
0: Right. Okay. Well, I we're there for some Peruvian Premier Division action.
1: Yes. So, Peruvian Premier Division. Um, I quickly had to look up the other team in this match because I accidentally looked at the wrong match. I looked at a match from two weeks ago. So, it's a slightly different match to the one I prepared for. But, so the Peruvian Premier Division, uh, the league table is split into two groups. Okay. Okay, so we are looking at. Let me double check, which. We are looking at Group B in the Peruvian Premier Division. Premier. Okay. Per, sorry. Premier Division. Our match today is between. Uh, Deportivo Municipal. And.
0: Boys. <laughs> boys. Uh, how do you spell it? B O Y S. Oh, okay. The way you say that, it sounds like it should have a Z at the end.
1: Well, technically their full name is Sport Boys. Sport Boys.
0: <laughs> to the point, I like it.
1: Now, Sport Boys, their strip and logo, um, both home and away,
0: is bright pink. Okay. Real men wear pink, or real, real boys real
1: in this instance. Men wear pink. Now, Sports Boys are based in Lima, the capital of... Yeah.
0: Um,
1: now Lima has a couple of different teams in it, much like London has, you know, a couple of a couple of different teams based in it. So yep. there's lots of rivalry within that. Um, but Sports Boys is uh, one of the one of the poorer ones, and hmm. it's been so bad that for a long part of their history, they didn't actually have a stadium that was a Suitable to play on, um, so they were forced to play at a different stadium, far away from their fans. Um, but luckily, they now have a stadium of their own, um, with a capacity of seventeen thousand.
0: Nice. Is that how recent is that? Do we know?
1: Ooh, let me have a look. Uh, I think it's two thousand and eleven. Right, pretty recent. So pretty recent. I could be wrong on that. I could be wrong on that. Um, so these guys are, you know, they're not, you know, not bad. They're not good necessarily. Um, but they are considered to be the fourth most important club in the history of Peruvian football. Um, mm. They have won six national titles over the course of their entire history but they were founded in 1927.
0: Okay, so, so they got some
1: history to... So they have got some history. Now, Diboteto, uh, Dibotivo Municipal are also a team based in Lima and are one of the most popular clubs. Okay. Ooh. Now, these guys, uh, they have... They were promoted to the the Premier, the Peruvian Premier League, in 2014, and that was their first time in the Premier League for seven years at that point. So they've so they were just really you know in the last decade recovered from a really bad spell of a uh, of relegation. Okay. Now. In previous encounters in uh, the fight-and-flight football, I've given you some details about captains and that. But this time, I'm going to do something a little bit different because (gasps) what I can do is I can go to Matches on the Google. I can click on the game full-time yesterday, and I can now give you some statistics from the game that's
0: happened. Love this. Okay. The old
1: switcheroo. So, I'll give you some stats, and hopefully based on the stats, you can reconstruct the game.
0: Okay. I'll do my
1: best. So, first of all, we like a good, clean game.
0: Hmm. Okay. Well, we do in Britain.
1: Yeah. Uh, so, in this match, both teams had four yellow cards. Oh. Um the sports boys in their lovely pink strips had seven shots, three of which were on target. Meanwhile, Deportivo Municipal had 14 shots, five of which were
0: on target. Uh, This is really going (laughs) to... This is spanner. Spanner in the works. Now, possession,
1: two-thirds in favour of Deportivo, and Deportivo had twice as many passes in the game compared to Sports Boys. And they had a higher pass accuracy. They also, and this will be the final piece of information I give you before you have to guess, Sports Boys had one corner, whereas Deportivo had seven. So they had more set pieces as well. So Freddie. Yeah. Based on all this information that I've given you, what do you think the score was in this match between Sports Boys and Deportivo Municipal?
0: Okay. I'll keep it brief. I think Deportivo Municipal, one of the more popular clubs, like you say, they sound like the Premier League, their equivalent in the Premier League would be Brighton, kind of newly promoted, proud of their roots. They sound like they play attractive football. And by the stats, it sounds like they've dominated. But the key thing with Brighton in the Premier League is they've got no end product. They've got a bunch of strikers who can't score goals. And when you can't score goals, you can't win games. And you were very enthusiastically there relaying the stats to me as if to paint one picture. But I'm looking at a different picture. I'm looking at a blank canvas and I'm looking at sports boys with their pink strip, a new stadium. That actually did. Was this match where sports boys are at home? Sports boys at home. Right. So, sports boys are at home in their new stadium. If it's 10 years old, there's still going to be enthusiasm to be in this stadium. I'm guessing there were fans. Who knows if there were fans? But either way, to be in a new stadium when you didn't once have one, you're still going to have that pride to play. And you're still the fourth most important club in Peru. So, why are you not the most popular? That pride is underlying. Three shots on target to five shots on target from Deportivo. That's actually pretty even when you get rid of all the other white noise stats around it. One corner, seven corners. Okay. I'm going to say that Deportivo have not been as cutthroat as they would have wanted to be. I'm going for a 1-0 win for Sports Boys.
1: Well, Freddie, you are correct that it is a win for the Sports Boys. Good. But it's not 1-0.
0: Oh.
1: It's 3-1. 3-1.
0: Wow.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so the Sports Boys scored in the 11th, 53rd, and 66th minute. Okay. Do you know when Dibotivo scored their one goal? Ninety-fourth. ninety sixth minutes. <laughs> <laughs> a pure
0: consolation.
1: And interestingly, for a Peruvian player, this kid's name was Hideyoshi Arakaki, which, I've just looked his Wikipedia page, he's actually of Japanese descent.
0: Oh, I was so going to say, he sounded rescued, like a local.
1: They were rescued at the last minute by a, a Japanese miracle of uh, denying the <laughs> sports boys clean sheet.
0: And even then, yeah, it wasn't much of a miracle. Yeah, the it was a half fast miracle. miracle.
1: <laughs> yeah. yeah well, cool, at so least right. I got the result right. <laughs> you did get the result right. It just shows you can have a pass accuracy of 81%. But if you don't score the goals, no one cares. So, yeah. So, that's that's the Peruvian game. I mean, Excellent. I'm happy the sports boys are... I think they're pretty good. Just looking at the table. Um, so, they're in group B. So, looking at the table, Sports Boys are fifth with, um, let's see how many matches are left. I think there's three games left. Okay. And Sports Boys are, okay, they've got seven points and the top team in their group has 15. So, something tells me they're not catching up. But, you know, doing better than Deportivo, who are currently second from bottom.
0: I'm just glad to see Peruvian football thriving in these difficult times.
1: Yeah, it's it's nice. There's there's one team who I don't think have played any matches, I assume because of COVID. But, um, but yeah, I do think as well, though, maybe I'm not sure if this these groups are decided by a random draw or not, because the top team in Group B, Sporting Crystal, um, they are un, undefeated in their last five games. So they're smashing it. So they are absolutely destroying it. They've, yeah, played five, won five
0: Um That'd, a that'd be a good way of doing it. S- split up the league and then just the winners of it play each other in a final. That's how you figure it out. Every yeah, year you get to play different teams.
1: And that would be interesting as well if you think English Premier League, if you had all of the, uh, the so-called big six in one group, so then you get someone more interesting coming out of Group B.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly.
1: That'd be good, that'd be good.
2: Yeah, so right. that's uh,
1: that's the the football, flight or fight. Um, so we've done Africa, Europe, we've done Asia, we've done South America. I reckon we go to the big USA.
0: For just for our just for our American listeners, I think that is a worthy place to set yeah. up camp.
1: Yeah, let's get some. And then, of course, it'll be Freddie's foreign soccer, uh, fight or flight. In that case, then, because of course they call uh, it. Yeah, well, actually, not too keen on that. Not too keen on that. But the jingle will not be changed. The jingle will not be changed. We will stand firm. So what can I say? It's it's football.
0: What can I say? Except you're welcome. I'm
1: just a great demigod guy. <laughs>
0: he's got an autobiography coming out by the way the rock that was that was another feel good story that I was going to tell you that he's um his daughter's going into WWE she's she's going to be fourth generation wrestler and uh, the rock said that if uh, you know he's pleased with this and then he's got an autobiography coming out and he said that uh, if the people want me to run for president I will
1: Well, you know, you want to talk American politics. Caitlyn Jenner running for governor of California as a Republican. Absolute banter.
0: Well, banter until they succeed. As long as The Rock's over 35 years old, then I've got no complaints. (laughs) That is my one nugget that I've learned today. Talking about music albums and stuff.
1: Now, I've got a bone to pick with you, mate. Yeah. Right. We listen to music albums on this podcast. Yes. You technically gave me a mixtape. Let me check. According to Wikipedia, what you gave me was actually a mixtape.
0: Oh, yeah. According to Spotify, it's an EP. (laughs) I was wondering why it was so short. 26 minutes.
1: Uh. Now... Could you remind me of the title of it? Because it was something funny, wasn't it?
0: Yeah. Well, so it's, it's called Last Year Was Weird, Volume 2. And it's by TK Mazer, who's an Australian rapper. Um,
1: originally from Zimbabwe.
0: A- absolute legend. I've only come across her music recently. It, it was a song that came up on Radio 1. Um, shout out BBC. And... It, I sent it to you because you love a filthy bass line, as you said last week on the podcast, and I, I'd forgotten that you love filthy bass lines. And I sent you her song Syrup, which is her latest single. So I had a little delve back through her albums, and I gave you the choice of old old album, modern album, or random. And of course you chose random. Yeah, it would be rude not to. <laughs> Rude not to. And uh, this is what you've got, and I'm sorry that it's an EP, but did you regret it? I mean... Here we go. What What was your favourite song on it? Now,
1: have you heard of the... the video app called TikTok?
0: Yeah, I think that's what the kids are using these days.
1: So this, this album, the songs on it were the sort of thing that one would think that young children would dance to on TikTok. Okay. Um... I thought it was all right, but I couldn't separate it from that. So what it reminded me of, it was like, I'll tell you what it was. It was a combination of uh, Azalea Banks and yep. Doja Cat.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah, that's, Azalea that's Banks the is an it. interesting
1: comp. It felt, yeah. it felt, I was surprised that you listened to it. <laughs> it felt very... Uh, Very neon, that's what I'll say
0: about it. Very neon, so last week the Pet pet Shop Boys, the Beach Boys were gloopy, and this week TK Mater is neon.
1: Yeah, not saying it was bad, you know, not saying it was bad, but it was very very neon. I didn't think, I definitely wasn't the target audience, but I think if I was a 13-year-old girl doing a TikTok dance, it would probably be the sort of thing I would listen to.
0: Yeah, I mean, the thing that captured my imagination with this album, and to be fair, I've only listened to it recently. It's not absolute core to my existence, um, the music on it. It's got some great singles, 24K, Shook, and You Sad. Um, She's really not known at the moment, which makes me feel indie. Um, I think her, if you go on the top five songs on Spotify, the fifth one has like 500,000 follows, so she, I would say she's up and coming. But the thing that captured my actual imagination is that the title of this EP is Last Year Was Weird Volume 2. I just love that she also had the foresight to have her Last Year Was Weird Volume 1 back in 2018. That blows my mind.
1: Yeah, I think, yeah, like I say, I just don't think it's my cup of tea, but I, can, I could see how she could easily make the big bucks. Um, and she's better than other Australian artists that I've heard uh,
0: like Rolf Harris
1: <laughs> well I was thinking Iggy Azalea but yes like <laughs> Rolf Harris <Adams. laughs> the Do
0: he's still in prison isn't
1: he so uh, let's he not mean. go into it we've had Hitler now we've had Rolf Harris is that, is that Savile I see on the horizon
0: What we're saying is This this music is I'd say it's worth at least one listen to You're probably going to start hearing it in clubs Once it starts taking over Mainstream channels But uh, Yeah, it's better than Ralph Harris And it's better than Iggy Azalea So what more do you want?
1: Did you know that both of uh, this artist's parents Are metallurgists? What does that mean? They are like industrial metal
0: chemists. Well, I know that she's a university graduate. I've listened to some interviews with her just to find out who she is, and she seems like a well-put-together young woman.
1: And that's all we want. We want well-put-together people.
0: We don't ask for much. Don't Would you listen to it much. again? Uh, probably not. Yeah, fair enough.
1: <laughs> now, I got you to listen to an album that uh, Sarah is in love with. Right. Made by a person that she's in love with. <laughs> Breaks my heart. Um, <laughs> I got you to listen to Panic at the Disco Too Weird to Live, Too Rare to Die?
0: That's correct, and there's got to be an exclamation mark at the end of that.
1: Now, what I find interesting about Panic at the Disco is I thought it was a band, but actually all the band members have gone apart from
0: <laughs> the lead singer. Uh, Brendan Urie. Uri? Yeah. Uri? Brendan, now mate Brendan. Yeah, no, I mean, I did some research into Panic at the Disco because I really knew nothing about them before listening to this album except that High Hope song and that everyone loves them. But um, I did I did find that amusing that I didn't realise Panic at the Disco is literally a one-man band now.
1: So, uh, so yeah, how did you find this album, Freddie?
0: Well, so 2013, I enjoyed that it was short, 32 minutes. That's probably what put me off with TK Made to thinking it wasn't an EP, uh, that it's short and it's to the point and it's urgent, and I think I've said to you in the past when you give me, like, a uh, low roar slash high whisper, people can have messages, but if they say them in a soft, soothing way, I'm probably not going to listen to it. So I, I listen to the messages that Panic! At The Disco are conveying in this album. Uh, some good songs. I enjoyed Girls, Girls, Boys. I feel like I've heard that in places. It's a very, it's very much a FIFA song. Um, And and it's got some catchy melodies to it for sure. I went on, I thought I'd look up some of the lyrics just to, you know, just to see what they're talking about. And I'd say the lyrics are something that I can uh, relate to and understand very simple. I'd say they're simple, um, but told in a powerful way. But what's interesting is that the lyrics, is kind of verse, chorus, and then repeat, repeat two or three times. And because they're saying it so fast, it's done in under three minutes. You're like, okay, yeah, I, I get it. You're just drumming it into me, uh, what you're saying. Yeah, I enjoyed it, and then I did my research on it. Like I say, having never listened to Panic! at the Disco. And the general consensus of the fans seems to be that this is the worst album by Panic! at the Disco. I don't know if you have anything to add to that.
1: Well, what I'm going to say is that uh, if the fans are anything like Sarah, uh, a broken clock is right twice a day. <laughs> and they've identified that this band is good, but then they've got it wrong that this is the worst album, because this album is just hit after hit. Like, I know that there'll be songs in there that you probably wouldn't like because maybe they're slightly slower. Um, there's one in particular that I can't remember the name of.
0: Girl That You Love.
1: Yeah i like I really like that song, but like there's so many songs in here that you know it's just really good, like the the pantheon of uh pop punk bands that Sarah and the light like listen to it's like Panic at the disco Paramour Fallout boy yeah um the nineteen seventy five that's the sort of thing we're going in, and I think of those four, I would think I would put panic at the disco. At the top, narrowly edging out Fallout Boy.
0: Yeah, it's but funny I mean, you say that actually, because um, when I googled Panic at Disco to get a brief idea on their origins, uh, it, the first thing that came up was fans also search for Fallout Boy, My Chemical Romance, etc. And I was like, so that alt indie vibe.
1: Yeah, and I think I think that maybe the reason the reason why I think this album is good is because it's. It's a little bit elevated beyond just just whining like an emo. There's it has more depth than that.
0: They've, they've got like, something to say.
1: Exactly. Whereas I feel like things like my chemical romance, you know, just a bit whingy,
0: you know? <laughs> but, yeah, just step out of it. Yeah, just put yourself together, man. Jeez. Yeah. It's it's interesting that um, you know, kinda of to round it off I was when I first heard it I thought this is like a mix between what I've heard from fallout boy not saying I'm biggest fan of them but what I've heard from them and killers and when I looked into their origins and I found that they're also from out well they're originally out of Las Vegas Nevada um I thought that was interesting and only three years they've formed three years after the killers were formed and I thought I'm guessing there is killer's influence yeah, in amongst I, that.
1: I wonder if uh, if the if the killers had tried to appeal more explicitly to girls rather than just be generic, would they sound would they sound
0: more like Panic at the Disco? Maybe I just feel like Panic at the Disco, yeah, convey their message with more angst and kind of well, pardon the pun, panic. It it feels like they're, they're saying something that's urgent and the Killers are like, we're saying something, listen to it or turn over.
1: Yeah, Killers is more melancholy. Panic at the Disco is more frantic. Yeah. And that's the end of the music segment. Talking about
2: music albums and stuff.
1: So, Freddie, uh, Shops and restaurants and things like that are reopening. Yes. Yes. Um, but we have been in, you know, lockdown, and so we might be a little bit out of practice with uh, interacting in these social environments. Would you agree? Yeah. Uh, yes, I would agree. Okay. So what I'd like to do is I'd like to do a little, uh, you could say it's a little role-play segment. Ooh. where you are yourself and you are I'm myself you are going into Greg's to buy <laughs> to buy your lunch okay so are you, are you game for that? you up for that?
0: I am up for that is this at all inspired by the Liam Neeson video I got you to watch? no 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 <laughs> not okay I've got my role I'm just getting into character
1: is that you've got your rule as in what you're buying or is that
0: rule? Oh, as in- the dad jokes return. Um, no, I mean, do you want me to speak my actions as well? Yeah, speak, speak your actions, speak your actions. Okay. Well, the Greg's in St. Andrews has actually been done up fairly recently. So bigger door to enter in. So I open the bigger door and uh, I'm walking in. And uh, I immediately go to my right-hand side. You've got the sandwiches. I always like the tuna crunch sandwich. Get that. And then I get to the counter. I up a slice of pizza, looking pretty tantalising. And you've always got to get your fudged donut. Goes so, without saying. So, so
1: you've seen what you want. You've seen what you want. And then you hear yes. a voice go, What can I get you? It's uh, the voice of the person behind the counter.
0: That's behind cool. the counter, right? Okay. Um, what can I get I, you? I, I'm just just looking at the moment. Thanks.
2: Just doing well, uh, fucking day. There's customers yeah. behind you.
0: How did you make it to Saint Andrews with a voice like that?
2: Same with you, you racist prick.
0: I didn't even understand that. Um, okay, fine. I I'll get a slice of the pepperoni pizza, and I wouldn't mind. A fudge donut, please. It's got to be done. Yeah, okay, slice of pizza, fudge donut. Is that all for you? Yeah, yeah, a pepperoni pizza. No, no, margarita, please. No, there's
2: no pepperoni now.
0: What do you mean now?
2: No, it's gone. There's no pepperoni.
0: Uh, right. Uh, you got anything with like meat on it?
2: You're gonna have a steak bake?
0: I know it's Greg's. Um, I, I did want pizza. Uh, you know, don't worry about the pizza. I'll just have the fudge donut.
2: All right, just the fudge donut. Anything else for you? Uh,
0: no, no, that that that'll do me, thanks.
2: Right, that'll be a tenner.
0: A, a tenner. Sorry, um, it's just a sandwich and a donut.
2: No, no, it'll be a tenner because you know. You were really cheeky to us, and you were horrible to us, so you're going to give us a fucking tenner now.
0: Um, I mean, there's there's people behind me in the queue. They can also hear you.
1: And that's when you hear a voice from the back room going, Sandra, you better fucking not be abusing that fucking customer.
0: And she <laughs> looks at you sheepishly.
2: All right, just, uh, just one pound fifty, please.
0: There you go. That's what I'm talking about. Proper Greg's prices. Uh, contactless, all right.
2: Oh yes, I yes, walk most.
0: Um, yeah. Sorry, Sandra, but I'm just I just want my lunch.
2: I walk off.
1: Okay, so that's uh, that's your experience in Greg's. How did that go?
0: Oh, I mean. Successful, eventful, but successful. I, I went in there to get lunch, and I'm leaving with lunch. Even if um, I'm slightly less optimistic about life than I was when I entered.
1: Yeah, it's it's rough, though, isn't it? It's it's tricky coming out of lockdown and having to interact with people again. But uh... it,
0: it it is tough. It's it's very tricky as well, when you can barely understand their high pitched northern squeal.
1: Well, that's it's just just how it goes. Um, so yeah. Last thing I'd like to talk about today is um, our podcast is called The Gravy Brain Podcast. Yes. And we have had a conversation prior about, you know, the nature of gravy because you brought up some vegan gravy and and the like.
0: Absolutely. Um,
1: But what I want to know, Freddie, is obviously the main time one would have gravy is with a Sunday roast. Of course. And I want to know, what's your... What's your Sunday roast meat of choice? What's your
0: meat, Freddie? <laughs> <sighs> well, well, so here's the thing. I find beef too dry. I like well, the moistness it being, of the chicken.
1: All the cooked then if it's too dry.
0: Well, okay. But generally, in general, as a meat, I find it too dry. Um, when I'm down south, we'll generally have lamb or chicken. Um, so they would be my preferences, but I'm also partial to the gammon. And I think if I had the choice, if I went out for a Calvary, I'd be splitting between those three. But if I was a bit worried about the establishment I was frequenting, I would go gammon.
1: Ah, see. And do you go? Do you go egg or pineapple with you, gammon?
0: <laughs> I go egg like a normal person. What? You, no. It's. What do you mean? Pineapple? You can. Pineapple is well known to go with gammon. It is, but not on a Sunday roast, I suppose. I suppose.
1: Yeah, I, I I myself, I love, I do love lamb, lots of mint sauce, of course. But um, Sarah doesn't like it, so I've not had Uh. a lamb dinner in ages. Um, Uh. But I tell you what, I do like. I like, you know, a lovely bit of pork with the crackling. Oh, because oh. it's not better than just chowing down on a bit of crackling.
0: That does sound good, you know. Again, and I think it just comes down to the quality of the cooking of the meat. But I, I'm not that, I'm not that big a fan of pork.
1: Would you like to know a little uh, Sunday dinner story that my mother denies happened, but I know
0: I, I would... it happened? I would love to know this mysterious Sunday roast story.
1: So, as I've mentioned previously in this episode, that uh, I was not allowed to leave the table until my plate was clear.
0: Oh, you were planting the seed.
1: And as a young as a young child, I wasn't the biggest fan of vegetables. Nowadays I'll eat vegetables till the cows come home. But yeah. as a young child, didn't like vegetables. That northern yeah. gene kicked in. Now I've eaten all of my meat. So I've only got vegetables and stuffing left.
0: Okay. You've gone for your potato as well. You've gone through that.
1: Gone through the lot. So I think it's a mixture of cabbage and carrot and stuffing left. Okay. And my mum says, well, you have to eat it all. Uh, And she's probably said it quite like Sandra and Greg's in the previous (laughs)
0: interview. Can we have that? Impression returning. You can't
2: leave the table to eating all your dinner, Lee. Oh, <laughs> <to
0: that, okay. laughs> cost
1: you a tenner. So I said, but mum, or mam, mam, that I don't like the vegetables. And she says, well, why don't you put some pepper onto the vegetables so that the taste of pepper and not vegetables, and it'll make it taste nice. Okay. Okay. So, I've got the stuff in which already tastes nice. Yeah, of course. I mean, uh,
0: yeah, why have you left that?
1: I don't know. Something must have just come over us that day. Right, okay. So I lift lift the pepper shaker up. And can you guess what happens, Freddy? Uh, yes. That's right. (laughs) The pepper shaker bottom falls out. And, uh the entire like shaker of pepper is deposited onto my plate covering right. both the vegetables and the stuffing in a layer of black
0: soot well tasty like
1: so i said mum there's no way that i can eat this now
0: oh no no
1: and she said gu- no. and she said you are not leaving this table Until your place is clear. (laughs) Now in the in the dining room at home we have a large mirror which often steams up because like there's no door between the dining room and the kitchen. So when you're cooking like the steam comes up and fogs the mirror up. So I sit there for an hour Forkful by forkful eating just mouthfuls of pepper (laughs) and I look in the mirror (laughs) And it's like, it's like that paint in the scream, Because like the, <laughs> the steam is distorting my face. I've got tears running down my eyes. I'm coughing and spluttering. And my mum comes back an hour later and says, OK, well done, you can go now. And to this day, she denies that that ever <laughs> happened.
0: <laughs> so it was quite the scarring experience. And do you know what was worse, Freddie? What on that day,
1: there was no gravy.
0: No gravy. <laughs> a world without gravy is a tragic place. Wait, one question. Go for it. Was the pepper already ground? The pepper was already
1: ground. It was right. already ground cause because I just. <laughs> we were. We no, it wasn't whole pepper peppercorn. It wasn't whole it,
0: peppercorns.
1: That was the, that was the period of our time where. So my parents are. Uh, almost always extremely frugal. And so, you know, a pepper grinder is far too expensive. Um, Mm. Oh, here's a thing. Here's a thing. Just before we finish, I'm just just more food-related things. Sarah thought I was a nutter when I said this. Did you ever have tongue? How do you spell it? Like tongue. T-O-N-G-U-E. Did I... uh, No. What, what is it? Well, it's the tongue of a
0: cow. Oh, sorry, like, eat tongue? I thought you were talking about a board game or something. No, did I ever no, eat tongue? Ever, no, I, ever, I don't...
1: Did you ever for school have, between two slices of the cheapest possible white bread, a slice of tongue? Uh,
0: no. Oh,
1: well, it must just be me. <laughs> What was your upbringing? (laughs) Well, you know how you get sliced ham for sandwiches? Yes. You could get sliced tongue.
0: (sighs) What? Where? Was this like Black Market Asda?
1: I'm not making this up. Hang on, hang on, hang on. on. I'm just going to do a quick Google to to see if you can buy it in any shops nowadays. Sliced tongue, Tesco. Tesco British pork lunch tongue.
0: See, I might have eaten tongue after the whole horse meat scandal back in the day. Nostalgia.
1: Ingredients, so, pork tongue.
0: But I've never knowingly eaten tongue. I thought, I thought you were just throwing a euphemism at me, but that's nasty.
1: Tesco Deli, uh, ox tongue,
0: four slices. Right, well, I mean, it, you've got to use all the animal, I suppose, if, uh, so it doesn't die in vain.
1: Oh, I'm looking on the Tesco website now. Tongue and traditional meats.
0: Uh, it reminds me of uh, those packs of ham you used to get, which had faces on them.
1: The Billy Bear meat.
0: Billy Bear meat, yeah. Now, I never oh, thought
1: I, I bet that, that wasn't meat. real meat. <laughs> because my mum just said that the way they made the faces, they just add more fat.
0: <laughs> I, I would imagine there's a lot of fat in tongue.
1: Although Sarah said that there was a girl at her school who only had Billy Bear meat for her lunch every day.
0: What, no, no bread, just pure meat from. Salt? As far as I'm aware, pure
1: Billy Bear meat. Actually, that. Do you reckon? Do you reckon? Right, we're going full circle just around the podcast. Up, our one listener in the depths of the Alaskan wilderness. He kills the, the bear. Trip. Kills the bear. <laughs> takes it back to his his log cabin and he slices it up and on each slice it's the Billy Bear
0: thing. Encoded in the DNA.
1: And he sits down on his rocking chair, fire roaring, slice of Billy Bear meat, freshly carved, and he listens to the Gravy Brain podcast.
0: You know what? There's every chance and I just hope that this podcast helps that Alaskan listener Understand that gravy makes everything better, including Billy Bear meat.
1: And on that note, thank you for joining me this afternoon,
0: Freddie. I've had a great time, James.
1: Thank you to all of the listeners who are, you know, persevering through the utter shite that we put out. (laughs) uh...
0: There's quite a following building up. And actually, before we fully leave, uh, we should say social media shout outs, because we can do that now. Yes, you are our social media officer. That makes me sound way more official than I definitely am. But you can find our podcast if you, well, if you're listening to us, you've already found it. Well done. But you can share it to people on Spotify, Amazon, which is niche, and now Stitcher. Three great places to get your podcasts And we are on Instagram and YouTube. And we plan to have more non-podcast related content in the future once we get to meet up again. Not just in gardens, but actually in person, in a house. Isn't that exciting? I'm gonna
1: tie Freddie down to a chair and I'm gonna make him play Metal Gear Solid from start to finish.
0: And I'm it's gonna, gonna be, enjoy it. It's gonna be glorious. <laughs> but yes, yeah, so we're on Instagram and YouTube, and you've got our email, gravybrainboys at gmail for anyone who wants to get in touch and Give us some segment ideas that we can stick in now. It sounds like we're going to have to have an American section now, but we can cross that bridge when we come to it.
1: We can cross that bridge when we come to it. But yeah, I'm I'm just glad that people are hopefully enjoying it. Well, I guess we'll see with via the uh, return listener uh, amounts. Um,
0: we are building up quite the following, I must say, on the analytics.
1: But yeah, yeah, good stuff. Well, uh,
0: I guess I'll see you next time, Freddie. See you next time, James. Ta-ra! Boy.
1: Oh, I've just had a fucking beautiful thought, and I'm just trying to articulate it in my brain before I lose it. Gravy brain, gravy brain, gravy brain. I fucking love gravy brain, gravy brain, gravy brain, gravy brain.
2: Gravy brain.
0: Gravy brain.
2: Gravy brain. Oh, it's fucking gravy brain.